Welcome to our show, Friday Facts, AI and the Post-COVID World. Together with our guests Nancy Nemish and myself, Victoria Brandtauer, we'll give you a refreshing point of view on our future world. This is going to be fun. Enjoy! So welcome to Friday Facts. Uh, very briefly, we are your hosts. Victoria Prantauer is uh, our ambassador for startups um, and a very passionate AI uh, person. And uh, I am really happy to have Victoria as well as um, all of you join this discussion today. Um, so what we try to do here is to make this session interactive. Please ask your questions. You can put them in the chat. So, so this session is actually uh, our try to keep people informed, sane, connected and excited in the COVID and hopefully soon post-COVID times. And we started this session um, three weeks ago. It's going to be for six weeks for now. Um, we will basically connect with various experts. I'm going to quickly turn over to Anise, whom I met uh, probably about a year ago. Um, but we really want to make sure we have a factual discussion because probably all of us are a bit tired of all the fake news, crazy news, uh, uh, unreal data points that we get, uh, wrong statistics, um, you know, uh, conspiration theories, all that stuff. And so what we're trying to do here, which is why I call it facts, is to give you real life use cases and facts from people using artificial intelligence today to think about their world and to also make a, more, um, a better world for all of us uh, post this pandemic. And so we want you to take away resources on what you could do now. Uh, our first session was about education. The second session was about transportation. We had uh, Susan from Lufthansa. Uh, the third session is today about healthcare and medical uh, issues. We will have the government of Lithuania with the ambassador of Lithuania next week. Uh, and a very cool startup from Lithuania. So you'll be excited to, to hear about all this. Without further ado, I want to turn over to the wonderful, unique hero that is Dr. Med Enis Lauterbach, who is a cardiologist. And she is going to talk to us about AI and how she thinks about it and how she reshaped her life. But before anything, please tell us, Enisa, you also are or used to be um, a sports champion. I want to know more about sports in this context as well. What did you do as an athlete in your life? Yes, but this is um, oh, long time back. Um, um, in, 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 in the last 10 years, I'm not so sporty um, as I wish. In my former life, uh, I was um, performed marathons. Uh, Swiss Alpine Marathon was one of my um, doings in sporting at a time. It's not possible. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. So please take us through your story and we'll listen to you for about 10, 12 minutes. And then mm -hmm. we'd love to answer questions from the audience. Put, put your questions in the chat box, please.
Okay. Thank you, Nancy, once again uh, for this uh, invitation for um, talking uh, about AI and uh, cardiology. Um, and it's time for humanize heart medicine. Let's talk about the world of cardiologists um, and how to use AI. As an experienced cardiologist specialized in electrophysiology and heart failure, um, I'm well aware of my patients' um, needs, and I seek to prevent worsening of diseases um, and prevent complications using artificial intelligence. So how can we use artificial intelligence, especially in the post-COVID area in cardiology? Preventing diseases or disease worsening is the next um, step into the future of medicine, and AI will be part of this. Big data analysis and artificial intelligence might help to reach this ambitious goal. But first of all, we already know that that uh, viral diseases can lead to heart failure, not only COVID, um, SARS-CoV-2. From what we know as of today um, is that the virus of COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, affects the heart with dire consequences. Uh, to repeat, coronaviruses are a family of viruses that uh, can cause illnesses such as the common cold, so where acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, and Middle East respiratory syndrome, MERS. And in 2019, a new coronavirus was identified as the cause of disease outbreak that originated in China. And, you know, this was known um, as SARS-CoV-2, and uh, the disease it causes is called COVID-19. And in March 2020, the World Health Organization um, declared a COVID-19 outbreak as a pandemic. From what we learned from patients, especially we cardiologists, who uh, passed away, SARS-CoV-2 affects the inner layer of all vessels and especially the heart. The disease COVID-19 seems to lead um, we'll call to an inflammation of this inner layer of the vessels and this disrupts the integrity of uh, these vessels. As a result, blood clots form within uh, these vessels and absorb them, leading to myocardial infarction, and if brain vessels are affected, to stroke. Ultimately, inflammation of the heart vessels and blood clotting um, in the heart vessels lead to heart failure, um, which can be easily diagnosed uh, in heart echo, which brings me back to AI. Heart failure occur, occurs when um, the heart muscle doesn't pump blood um, uh, as well as it should. Certain conditions such, uh, such as um, narrowed arteries uh, in the heart, uh, coronary artery disease, high blood pressure, myocarditis um, uh, or cardiomyopathy uh, leave the heart too weak to fill and pump efficiently. Not all conditions that uh, lead to heart failure can be reversed, but treatment can improve the sign and symptoms of heart failure and help to live longer and can improve the quality of life. One way to prevent heart failure um, is to prevent and control conditions that cause heart failure. AI can help patients to monitor themselves 
and alert this patient if their conditions worsens. Um, this was the cause for me to developing a tool um, using smart technologies for better and say well doing with heart failure. In general, cardiology, we work with a lot of complex images and tools, image analysis and interpretations um, as a field in medicine where artificial intelligence can help, especially in cardiology. However, we are still at the beginning of this area of um, image analysis uh, with computers for heart medicine. AI uh, image analysis needs to be trained and validated by experts in the field, in this field especially. And this could help detecting uh, serious consequences of COVID-19 in rather remote areas with a lower density of doctors, especially cardiologists. So um, my wish for the future of heart um, failure detection is a kind of tricorder, uh, you know, from Star Trek, or a family physician uh, can uh, detect abnormalities um, of the heart just by scanning the chest uh, with ultrasound of the patient. I hope I was able to give a, lie, a little uh, insight into heart medicine and the possibilities of artificial intelligence uh, for a better and faster detection of heart diseases using heart failure as an example. Thank you so much, Anissa. This is amazing. You really were very uh, to the point. Uh, what I would like to do, our wonderful Victoria Prantauer, Miss AI Ambassador, my partner in crime, and also very uh, interested in startups and uh, AI, will help us moderate the questions. I see we have some questions and um, please go ahead and have a discussion. Thank you, Nancy, and thank you, Anise. That was really very interesting. And we have a first question from Alec, and I'll just read it out for you. How does the patient's privacy is protected when they would self-report on health parameters? This is a really, really important question. It was the first issue I, I um, developed into the software. Um, the, the other important thing is um, how... Um, to inform the patients about patient security and it is a necessity to inform the patients. Uh, the first of all, um, and as uh, like a medical doctor, I do this in my procedures. I uh, inform them and they uh, know what to do and understand this and they assign it. So we can uh, especially use um, a smart um phone um, applications like uh, mobile applications like app, we inform the patients what we do and they have to sign. The other thing is the development of software, how uh, we can uh, make uh, sure that um, the data are not uh, available for Krankenkassen. Yes, insurance, for example. Thank you very much. The next one is from Susan. Is AI already used to predict the development of diseases? Um, they, they can, but, um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a part to detect. Um, at the moment, um, I think artificial intelligence cannot detect, um, um, the end diagnosis, but it can help us to support to find this diagnosis. Okay, thank you very much. And the next one's from Nancy. <laughs> What is a digital twin of the heart? A digital twin of the heart. Um, very um, 
uh, important question. Um, I think we use additional twins in the heart um, at the moment, um, like imaging. Uh, we can um, perform heart rhythm with catheter and performing in catheter ablation. So we can um, see our image and uh, can put our catheter to uh, repair the problem, uh, to do ab ablation when we see a heart rhythm. But um, heart twins, um, there are so uh, many... Um, <laughs> Uh, interpretations about this, I, I think uh, we um, have no enough time to discuss this. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you. So I have a list of questions now for you from Alec, but I start with the first one. How can we mitigate the use of AI in medicine as decision assisting tool and a temptation to suspend clinical thinking? Maybe, maybe I can reformulate that. Sorry to intervene. Uh, for example, the, 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 and I've seen it happening because I worked in healthcare as an anthropologist to introduce mm -hmm. some uh, healthcare systems, automatic healthcare systems. So there is a temptation to say, oh, an alert from the system can be interpreted not as an advice, but as a, an order. So you would say, oh, if the machine said so, I will do this. If the machine alerts me from sepsis, it means yeah. that it's sepsis. So I'll do, yeah. I'll do the sepsis procedure, which is, which is problematic. I think when, when, when we uh, take uh, AI in medicine, we should do this as a, as a collaborating and not um, let the AI um, make these decisions. When uh, the AI's, um, Tell me, okay, here's an alert, there's a sepsis or it's coming a sepsis. I check it. I check it out as a medical doctor. And there's no blind um, believing in the AI. And the other thing is, uh, who's the one who decide or developing AI in medicine? If this, if this is a medical doctor for, for developing the algorithm to recognize the pattern for these decisions, you can be sure this is true. But you have to check it out if this is really true. It's no blind uh, believing in AI. Uh, for me, it's uh, using artificial intelligence as a collaborating system. It can help me as a tool. For me, as a medical doctor, is artificial intelligence another kind of a diagnostic tool? Thank you very much. Maybe Alex just stay with us for another second because there were some more questions. Maybe mm -hmm. just you go ahead with them. Oh, just one last one. Sorry, thank you. Uh, I'm very passionate about, about especially the application of AI in medicine. Uh, my question, the last one is, uh, can we design AI to be sensitive to individual variation in health parameters from patient to patients? For example, what is normal in some persons or even in populations may be abnormal in others. Any thoughts on that? Maybe we can do this in the future. At the moment, not. We have not enough um, data. We have data, but we um, um, uh, not recognize the pattern. We no one uh, examined this in the medical field. Um, 
We um, have a lot of data and medicine, um, but uh, we have no idea what this uh, data want to tell us. Um, I'm sure that artificial intelligence can help us to individualize um, um, patients' um, healthcare issues. But at the moment, we are not possible to do this. Okay, thank you very much. There's another interesting one from Elena. How well accepted by physicians is the use of AI in cardiology? That's Uh, not so well. Uh, it's a very young issue topic. I think we are at the beginning um, using artificial intelligence. Uh, we see that uh, in imaging and uh, radiology um, detecting mama carcinoma, uh, we use it uh, and it can help us or in detectifying uh, melanomas. Um, we compare uh, the patterns and the um, different uh, imagines. And the cardiology, I think it will begin. It's it's the start of a new area for, 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 for using AI. Thank you very much. Maybe we stay uh, with that topic for a moment. What do you think is necessary that physicians try to accept the change in medicine? To inf inform physicians what AI is, and there are so many uh, myths about AI, and most of um, people and uh, physicians are normal people too. We are no uh, gods or something. Uh, we are normal people with normal um, sorrows and uh, frightenings. And uh, there are so much myths. Um, I think we have to inform physicians what is AI and what can AI do? We are the one who can uh, perform or shape AI. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. That That's um, a very good hint. Um, are there more questions out there? I'm pretty sure there are. I'm happy to see people from Los Angeles, people from Munich, from Trier, here from Berlin. Who else is on the phone? Daphne, where are you from? I, I've seen Daphne coming, I think, to other sessions. Uh, but please feel free to speak up. We usually run out of time on these. Um, She's from Turk Turkey. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. And how about, who else is on the phone? We have uh, Helena. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, I'm dialing in from London and unfortunately it's not a day off in the UK, but we will have a day off next Friday. Oh, you are, yes. What's your background, Elena? Uh, I did PhD in brain cancer and uh, I moved to UK where I'm currently working for National Institute for Health Research. And um, our health minister, Matt Hancock, has announced last year 240 million to make AI, um, to, for, to invest uh, into AI and digital solutions into national health care system, NHS. And so National Institute for Health Research and other others have 140 million AI fund for funding companies. And I've joined the session today to learn more about the cardiology angle, of course. Yeah. And, and I'm sure people on, you know, uh, we are uh, all the speakers in this session are Miss AI community members. We are a community of AI experts, enthusiasts, ambassadors 
from all disciplines. Um, today, it's about healthcare and medicine and particularly about cardiology. Uh, but feel free to connect with us, Yelena, and uh, take advantage of the community here. because we are. I definitely will. Thank you so much. Very kind of you. Who want to share and, and also uh, connect back and forth. So for, for my side, I believe specifically in cardiology, um, AI is really aiming to support cardiologists in, in a number of areas, and those are now under research. So to your point, there is a, a lot more money is needed at the national yes, level. Yes, a lot of money, um, and we need a reconnaissance of AI, especially for healthcare. Um, if if yeah. Nancy and the, um, Victoria and Denise, you don't mind, uh, to that point, what is the situation like in Germany in terms of funding available for startups or for collaborations with academics and clinicians in the AI space? I think we are at the beginning um, of uh, collaborations um, and funding. Um, there's much of funding for startups, but not for AI. And um, um, I think this is the main topics or main issue for most uh, healthcare startups. Um, uh, funding and uh, to be independent of the of decision making. Um, when we in healthcare um, develop such um, systems, um, artificial intelligence for improve uh, life from patient for patients, um, we have to be independent. And um, the most uh, uh, we see. Um, um, doesn't care is is issue. Yeah. So, and there is another issue as well, um, which is, okay, so first of all, let's set the stage. When you look at Europe, uh, between UK, Germany, and France, that's the most where you find appetite. And, and there is the Baltic state, which is why I invited Lithuania to talk to us about that next week. Um, but you see UK, Germany, and France make about 70, 70% of the AI investments across Europe. Um, one of the issues we have in Germany is risk-taking. We have a mindset that is avoidant of risk. Um, we do have uh, great ideas. We have amazing academics. We have amazing research projects. We know that we produce the most research papers worldwide, even though yeah. China claims they produce more right now. But I think it is coming out of great universities in Europe um, and also in Germany. Of course, the German technology view but one of the issues we have, and you can see this in the COVID situation right now, we don't know how to deal with this. We don't take risks. I think at this point, the economy should slowly be coming back to life, but we are afraid. And so that's the same with investing in AI and startups in general. Uh, it's a disaster for some of the startups in Berlin uh, that are going to go bankrupt because uh, investors pulled away. This is yeah. the time to show leadership and invest more. Not less. And that's where the United States and, and also Silicon Valley are um, pioneers in that. Leading the way, yeah. If I may add to this, uh, for once, UK's, I mean, in the current COVID situation, UK definitely did not do better than Germany. But with this AI award, I'm happy to say that perhaps we are ahead uh, when it comes to Europe and um, um, the different phases of uh, 
the AI award are mainly for UK companies because it is UK taxpayers' money. But for market-ready technologies, it's from anywhere in the world that companies and collaborators can apply because anything that can improve the National Health Service in the UK is welcome to do that. And another comment I'd like to make with a smile is I am originally from Estonia, so there's always neighborly rivalry between Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia. So I'm glad they got the spot to talk about their solutions. But <laughs> yeah. And you will love it. If you come next week, I, I actually discussed it with the ambassador and the startup uh, who, who is a guy is now part of the Ministry of Health, by the way, in Lithuania. Yeah. Uh, and they are doing some very advanced things where Germany, for example, could learn from. There is one more comment from Ilana here. Should we read it or do you want to say it? Yeah, well, I thought maybe Ilana wants to join us because we have some minutes left and she has uh, some questions. So maybe just, uh, Ilana, go ahead and, and, and share your thoughts with us. Yes, uh, good uh, afternoon. It's morning in Los Angeles, a sunny day, and we are in isolation. We have been in isolation for about a month. Well, I have been uh, teaching AI for engineers. I, I'm a professor of engineering, manufacturing engineering, and I've been teaching. I, have, I developed an AI course for applications of AI, especially. So that's why this uh, series of seminars interests me very much because application, I think the accent on, on application in AI is very important. And students in engineering do not have the training in software development and thus cannot take computer science courses. In any case, um, what I was curious, first of all, I'm saying I know that AI has been used in medicine from the very beginning. Like mycin is a very important program. Uh, Nancy, probably you know about it. So the field of medicine has been really doing pioneer work in artificial intelligence. And then artificial intelligence, because it did not find all the, all the, pro, it, not, it did not fulfill all the promises of AI, it kind of dropped. And now we are back. But my question is, and maybe I'm addressing this question to Nancy, do you know what kind of software they are using? What kind of programming language they are using today? Is it algorithms which are intelligent or is it really AI type programming? That's the first question. That means that's the question. Yeah, and thank you. That's a really good question. Um, I, I think it's a combination of both from what I'm seeing. I, I do some work now um, with healthcare, also with CDC, for example, in the United States, and, and the White House has put together a number of programs around that. But I see, I don't know the specifics for cardiology, but I see Suzanne uh, also was mentioning here, she used to work in AI and medicine 20 years ago. Uh, I just don't know what the programming languages they use today. And Nancy, and maybe everybody who is here, I think that participating at these seminars on various fields of application is very useful just because we are at the beginning of applying like in cardiology, but many tools which or many methods, approaches used in other fields can give suggestions, can give ideas for other fields. So I think uh, I want to congratulate you, Nancy, for this idea. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Thank you so much. We will be running out of time. Oh, it's Python and R still. So today, Susan says it's Python and R, the two ones that they use in uh, specifically in uh, in cardiology, right, or in medicine. 
Uh, thank you for joining today. These are meant to be quick, um, uh, quick sessions on giving ideas and giving food for thought. So we want to make it uh, multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary, if you will. That's why we have all sorts of uh, backgrounds and people, amazing people that are going to continue this series. Thank you for today. The session has been recorded. We'll uh, make it available to everyone. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thank you. 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 Find the details in the show notes and just ping a message. We'll be back here next week. Music